Hello, and welcome to episode 66 of Friends of the Show. I am Stephen W. Skinner, and this is my podcast where I chat with some of the funniest people from the world. Uh, This week's friend is a very funny writer, improviser, and actor who has been involved in very cool projects, which we get into. It's Brandon Hackett, at Brandon Hackett on Twitter. Well, this was a very nice chat, and although we did experience the technical difficulties, please ignore the weird cut as the recording was interrupted and some of it was cut off, but we get back into it fine, and it's all capped off with some great questions, so thank you to everyone who sent a question. But now, thank you for understanding, and please enjoy Friends of the Show, episode 66, with at Brandon Hackett. <laughs> all right, cool. So I think we are all ready to go. Okay. And um, I start the podcast by playing the theme. Yes, here we are. All right, this week's friend is a very funny writer and performer who's been acting and teaching, performing improv for nearly 20 years. We've been pals on Twitter for quite a while now, and he's very nice and cool. Uh, Brandon has appeared on Canadian Comedy TV Institution this hour's 22 Minutes and PBS's Odd Squad. Welcome to the podcast at Brandon Hackett. Hi. Oh, wow. Huge evasion. <laughs> that never happens. So we're doing it. We're on the pod. Welcome to the pod. All right. So we'll begin with a Mark Marin WTF style. Where are you from? Where'd you grow up? What were you like? Who are your guys? <laughs> okay, great. Well, before, I mean, I guess before that, uh, you said 20 years makes me sound uh, extremely old. Ancient. I, mean, been... I said almost. <laughs> I was trying to make it uh, more impactful. But really, it's probably only, I don't know, how many years has it been? Well, I mean, I've been doing comedy for 10 years. I've been (laughs) officially a paid teacher for perhaps uh, two or three of those years. It counts. (laughs) (laughs) I am 32. Uh, (laughs) So you weren't in, so you weren't 10 years old when you started uh, teaching, teaching, but um, you have been doing it for a while, over a decade, let's say that. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think this November is maybe 11 years since I started doing comedy. So you started doing comedy. Let's take it back to those heady days 11 years ago. What was it that called your name to the stage, uh, the performing bug? How did you get bit? <laughs> what was it all those years ago? I think my story is not super exciting, to be perfectly honest. Uh, I kind of just uh, – it just kind of happened. Like I just sort of liaised into it. <laughs> um <laughs> I uh, I went to like a performing arts high school, so my sort of base uh, reality, like my base kind of existence was, uh, and I was in a drama program, so I would just do drama a lot. So when I got to university, I just kind of naturally gravitated towards um, like doing student theater as, as a way to make friends. And um, the uh, college of the university that I went to, they had like a, an annual comedy show. Uh, that they would do. So I just joined that. And then I was just doing it uh, over the years of my undergrad. And I, um, and then I, I just sort of gradually transitioned out of that into doing kind of live comedy uh, outside of school. So harder and uh, fewer kind of references <laughs> to school. Uh, You're right. Things. Yeah, you don't have the built in class audience <laughs> of like friends. Yeah. Yeah, not everyone kind of got the references to the local cafeteria or whatever. <laughs> right. Was stuff at comedy bar so uh, that's basically it so I, like yeah i sort of basically uh, effectively started out in sketch comedy because i guess i wanted to be like a playwright or something but then sketch comedy was easier because yeah, it it's, it's, yeah it's much shorter <laughs> yeah and then um and then uh i started taking started doing stuff in second city i guess just as a way to kind of work a different part of my brain and uh and then it kind of um gradually started to build a career out of that so that wow. was uh those are the yeah. stepping stones. So started in performing arts high school. So what's that like? Is that like the the show Glee that used to be on TV, or what oh. is it like? I want to know because <laughs> I went to a plain Jane old regular plain old public high school. Shout out um. to AHS, but I was so intrigued in all the other fancier I would say <laughs> types of high schools like a performing arts uh, style oh, right. or some other like a STEM focused uh, high school that they had around town for all the smart uh-huh. kids. 
I thought you were going to compare it to fame. That was what I guess I used oh, to. Oh, yeah, that's probably. I have more. never seen it, but I guess that is more apt. <laughs> uh, well, um, what was it like? I mean, um, it, I mean, it was less fun <laughs> than fame <laughs> than I imagined. I've actually seen an episode of of Glee, but uh, it was cool. Like, I, I mean, I, it was the best school for me. I think at the time, like a. a kind of an insulated, uh, like, arts kid yeah. uh, from, like, Scarborough. I think it was really cool. Like, I mean, I think it was just, like, <laughs> I guess it was, like, a, a high school, like, a normal high school, but, like, it was super, like, I think the status quo was that, like, many of the boys were just gay. <laughs> like, that was right. basically, which was, I think, a good thing. I guess I, like, came up, like, I, like, I went to high school, like, early 2000s, mm-hmm. so I guess, like, we were kind of, like, shifting culturally towards kind of, like, a wider queer acceptance a little bit, um, but I think, yeah, at the time, that was kind of, like, a really positive environment, uh, in a sense, to be growing up in. Yeah, definitely, um, okay. and so what were the different cliques? Was it sort of different than a regular high school? We've all seen the those mm-hmm. tropes of there's the jocks, and then there's the goths, and then there's the skizoids, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> the dweebos. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, the nerdlingers. Um, <laughs> uh, the cliques, I think, were mostly just you, you sort of stuck with people in your arts area because you'd see those people every day. Right. Uh, and th- th- they were like the constant like group of people that you worked with uh, over the course of your um, time in high school. So most of my friends and the friends that I've kept from high school kind of going forward uh, tended to be like drama, other drama kids. Right. And like, yeah, like so dance students would often stick together, uh, band students, string students, vocal students and stuff like that, visual arts students. Uh, but there was like some overlap. So I have like friends from like different arts areas and stuff like that too. Yeah, that's good. Uh, but mainly the cores, the core cl- codes stuck together, right? So if you're a, a visual arts person, probably more visual arts friends or if you're more drama more drama people. Um, was there also music performance as well? Yeah, yeah. Like there was a uh, uh, like you mean just in terms of like bands and stuff. Yeah, like, like that, band or? band guys doing people carrying a trumpet around the hall or whatever. Oh yeah, yeah. We had like an award winning musical program actually. I think like I think we I guess they had like uh, I think it's called Kiwanis. It's like a musical oh, yeah. competition yeah, every yeah. year. Yeah, so our string students would constantly. Do you win? I don't know. I don't fully know the structure yeah, of Kiwanis. I think it's a competition. Yeah, I, I I know our school participated. My high school, we had a good uh, band program, so I I would always hear them going to going to do. I think we won one time, maybe uh, during my tenure of high school, where my friends went and played a good trumpet on the stage. I guess so. Congrats to them yeah. and all the Kiwanis <laughs> winners. <laughs> I think it's still going. I think it's still a thing. Oh yeah, well that's good. That uh, did you go to school in like in Toronto, or did you? Go, are you from uh, like elsewhere? Yeah, just really from know. outside the city. So uh, Aurora High School is where I went. Oh so, no, way. so north of the city, if you know, uh, on southern Ontario, um, just north of the town of Aurora, and uh, yeah, so lived in the Newmarket area. Went to Aurora High School because it was Frangemergion. Et on parle français oh, yeah. avec tous les autres étudiants, right? You got <laughs> to speak French, and so that's why I went there. But uh, we never had a, we didn't have a football team. We didn't have like a pool. <laughs> like, it was very limited in our extracurriculars. We had a, a Ontario Championship uh, Ultimate Frisbee team, and that was the oh. that was the big claim to fame <laughs> for uh, <laughs> for our school. And I guess that the Kiwanis. The band uh, did rep it pretty good, so shout out to all those band band friends of mine from high oh, school. Oh yeah, yeah. So, uh, and you mentioned that you're from Scarborough. So, for those listeners who don't know, that's uh, east of the big city. I guess technically the GTA now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it got swallowed in in the big amalgamation. Mm-hmm. So, Back in uh, what's, so what was happening in Scarborough when you're growing up? Do you ever go to the bluffs, the scenic bluffs? <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I don't think I've been to the Scarborough Bluffs, funnily enough. Wow. Um, uh, or maybe I have, and I just didn't know what they were. Uh, to be perfectly honest, I don't fully know what they are <laughs> right now. Right. I'm very <laughs> averse to nature, and I'm very averse to uh, leaving the safety of, of my house. Um, well, today is the perfect day for that, uh, because as we're speaking, we're in the middle of an ice storm. Oh yeah, it's uh, it sucks, but it's the first day I haven't had to leave the house, so it's great. And that is great, and this is the perfect day for that. Uh, you look out your window, and there's accretion 
of ice on everything. There's millimeters of solid ice encasing everything outside. So put those pajamas on and uh, crank up Baby Yoda because you do not want to go anywhere right now. <laughs> it, is, it is a death trap out there. Yeah, no, it's pretty. It's pretty awful. I, uh, Baby Yoda. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's in the zeitgeist. <laughs> he just reached it is, out. I have no idea. I have no full there. full idea what it is because I didn't get Disney Plus. That's smart. Uh, uh, it was, yeah, <laughs> this is my second uh, podcast in a row talking about Baby Yoda and to someone who has never seen it or doesn't know what it is. So I won't go through the explanation, but needless to say, <laughs> it is a cute little, cute little creature that has yeah. taken the internet by storm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess, I don't know, with regards to Scarborough, I mean, what was kind of growing up. I mean, I, I was there until I was 10 and I moved to Pickering, but my life was still in Scarborough. Like, I still went to elementary right. school there and I... Uh, ended up working there for my first like jobs. Mm, what uh, were those jobs? Let's get into those early jobs. Love a good first jobs. Oh yeah, my first job was uh, I was a summer camp counselor for the city of Toronto. So uh, I uh, uh, and it was for arts camp because again I just basically liaise into arts. Yeah, that's uh, your skill set. Yeah, so I was a drama camp counselor. I think I worked for four summers, and for one summer I was a preschool ran a preschool um, program, and then three summers I ran the drama program so I would uh, run like drama classes for kids and then uh, we would um, I'd write a play for the camp wow. uh, and uh, direct the play with 60 kids and uh, and over the yeah over the course of two weeks we put together this production for um, disinterested uh, parents <laughs> yeah <laughs> but that sounds awesome so wow that really gets you you're really in it right so you on a like a lower scale let's say like with kids kids but you're still writing it you're pro- producing it you're casting it you're getting performances out of these kids that must have been crazy that's that's really fun mm-hmm. did you ever yeah, have a, a uh do you ever have like a kid who you're like oh man jimmy you're going places <laughs> uh i think yeah there are definitely like a couple kids that i remember uh leaning on quite heavily with regards to like giving uh like load bearing lines and stuff like that right uh, like there were some kids who were really really good I, I can't remember if we had any kids who ah well you know what we had this one kid one year who i think now is like some like really like uh like intense performer or something like that like he's a really yes. i saw a picture of him online or something like that and i was like oh my god that's what's his face <laughs> he's really and but i remember yeah his time at camp he was just very gung-ho like musical theater mm-hmm. kid like he you know he he paid to put himself through the camp this is like we had oh, wow. older kids too yeah he like he was like 12 or 13 at the time when he um he was living in pickering and i think he paid or like begged his parents or something like that to put him uh, into this camp for for two weeks and it was really great wow that's really um, great to hear because it's like he was really dedicated to it and he that's what he wanted to do and he's gonna do it yeah and he did it yeah also and like a couple of kids i've run into a couple of the kids actually years later some of them recognize me and stuff and it's a little bit weird but um there's one student who student uh one of the kids my campers who recognized me and she was working security at Woody's, the gay bar. <laughs> okay. <laughs> she like recognized me there and she was just like doing security and it was like so interesting. And then I have another another camper who um another camper who like goes to Yale now, like she's doing her PhD <laughs> okay. something at Yale. Wow. Uh, but she was like nine years old at the time. And now she's like, yeah, she's like a Yaley. <laughs> further further than I've ever been in my entire life. <laughs> That's awesome though. That's so cool to see like the the seeds you planted grow into beautiful trees. Right? <laughs> you, helped wa- you helped water. <laughs> you helped water that shit. Yeah. So speaking of early performances, what do you remember your first on stage performance? And if so, how did it go? Uh okay. So my elementary school is not like a strong drama pro. Like we didn't have any strong arts programs, but we, my grade five teacher, um, was really creative and really loved to nurture sort of the, the arts uh, as many ways as she can. So she put together a production like of, a, of a, an adapted Twelfth Night. I remember, which was just the simplest. It was just basically the story, but it was. Uh, you know, uh, it, it was just uh, rhyming couplets, you know, like okay, a, yeah. <laughs> a 30 minute long uh, production of it. Rhyming couplets is really kind of 
cute, and I got uh, I was I was cast in the role of Malvolio. Ooh, that's a juicy part. It uh, yeah, for a kid with no real <laughs> with a kid, with a kid with too much like energy and too much um, too much of a kind of like social need to perform. It was like absolutely perfect in just the strangest way. <laughs> Because uh, I got to like, like there was like silly costume change. He gets to wear the yellow stockings, and um, you know he gets he gets a little moment where he he goes dopey over a, a fake love letter, and you know, and I I uh, I really I was such a ham. I was like ten years old or something like that. <laughs> and I, I put on a uh, an English accent or whatever my version of it was at ten years old. Uh, and uh, and just like was really hammy, so that was like probably the first play I've ever been in. And uh, kind of thinking about it now, that was very much a like uh, any sort of like cliche, the cliche of like you know, that's what I knew. <laughs> yeah, uh, I think it's not even necessarily that's what I knew. I think that's sort of like looking back. It's like oh yeah, it was evident from quite early that I. Uh, was a ham and that I could only, you know, the only art <laughs> really I could do is one where I'm allowed to just be a ham. Yeah. The ham based acting is an important <laughs> skill. So that's when you knew that you wanted to ham it up for the rest of your life. <laughs> uh, Carnegie hall. Yeah. So that was the first step. Yeah. That's how it goes. Very cool. It says here that you've been on Twitter since October, 2009. I'm talking about yes. a cool decade ago. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. that's pretty early. I don't know when Twitter started, like 2007 or something, maybe. Yeah, like, around then. Something like that was that. so that was like very early on, uh, early adopter for Twitter. So what were you doing back in the days of 2009 on Twitter? Were you using hashtags? What what were you, what was your desire once you when you signed up for the old Birdbot? Uh, it's actually kind of, uh, I didn't do anything for the first while. Like, I, I think I, I think how, I think I only got a Twitter account because I had a couple friends who had Twitter accounts because they were more media people and they, as a joke, started a fake Twitter account for me. <laughs> and it might actually still be there. Um, real Brandon Hackett. I think the picture is David Spade. <laughs> nice. um, so they did that. And then I just decided to create my own. So I, uh, if you're able ever to go back, not that anyone would want to, but go back in my Twitter history, my first tweet is something. It's like October 2009. And it's sort of like, whoa, I'm tweeting. Whoa, you know, <laughs> yeah. go. I didn't use Twitter again for two years. And then. I so my my second tweet is from 2011 and I think the second tweet is like wow still tweeting after two years <laughs> uh, something like that nice yeah I think that's that. that's a lot of people's uh, experience where they they signed up early and then they never used it until 2012 or something like they signed up in 20, 2009 and then the first tweet is like 2011 <laughs> like hey Twitter I'm on Twitter <laughs> yeah for sure it's uh. But yeah, I don't know what I was talking about. I mean, I don't know. I was still in school at the time. Like I was still in university. So I am i don't know. I, I think I was like liaising away from, I keep saying liaise. I love it. Yeah, that's your, really, that's the buzzword. It's the word in the, <laughs> in the air right now. Oh, I feel like I'm, I'm using it incorrectly. But uh, I, I felt like I was just trying to move away from like live journals. So probably quite <laughs> embarrassing. Journal. All right, yeah. so let's go back to pre-2009. What other social media were you on? What was your first social media? Were you on MSN? Were you on ICQ? Were you oh, on... Yeah. Uh-uh. <laughs> were you on... What were the other things back there? MySpace? I never had that. Oh, I had them all. Uh, I had... Uh, yeah, I used to use MSN. I used MSN, to use yeah. ICQ. Yeah, MSN Messenger, yeah. Yep. Um yeah, I used to use IC, remember ICQ was the first one I ever ICQ used. ICQ was way. the OG one, and I stuck with ICQ well after MSN had taken over and everybody was on MSN and only a few people were still on ICQ or on both or whatever. And I was sort of just like entrenched. I was like, no, ICQ is better. I'm never going to go over to MSN. And then once every single person was off ICQ and on MSN, I was like, okay, I'm on MSN now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. Like, did you, was it, like, eventually, was it just like one person that you yeah, would talk exactly. to? Yeah, exactly. It was like, it, it would give you the little flower statuses, and then at oh. the end of it, all the little flower statuses were gray, like offline, or like away, like permanently away, where they would just, it would be on, but they were never really there. They were on MSN. Yeah. 
posting song lyrics into their names or whatever <laughs> the things that we did. Yeah, well, I vaguely remember. So, how did ICQ work? You could also you could always talk to a person that you knew if you had like their like a really long number or something like that. Yeah, the ICQ number and my number was not that long because I was an early adopter. I had it memorized uh, for a long time. Three three two nine six two eight or something. I don't know. Uh, but uh, yeah, so I, I had a, a ton of like friends and other like sort of random people that I had met because you could like mm-hmm. I forget how you randomly meet people, but it's like you could just put in a number maybe and just be like, hey. <laughs> so you sometimes get random messages, uh-huh. but you could grow your yeah your contact list. Uh, yeah, and I yeah. had a bunch of like friends on there and pe- people who I didn't know, and yeah, it was so great in the early days of the internet. Just. Chatting with strangers about their experience online. Oh my god, I really miss those days uh, in a way. Yeah, it was <laughs> like, it was a lot simpler. <laughs> yeah, but I, I just miss the sort of weird. I don't know. <laughs> there's something I find obviously terrifying too, but uh, there's something kind of like uh, exciting uh, thinking about that sort of like moment in uh, my life as like a teenager, and mm-hmm. sort, I don't know. Like, I don't know, did you ever go to, like, chat rooms or something, you know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Chat rooms were, I think chat rooms, I was in some chat rooms, like, pre-ICQ. And then when ICQ came along, I'm like, oh, I can just have, like, my own chat room sort of thing. Like, mm-hmm. I can just chat, like, from my desktop and not have to go into these IRC rooms. <laughs> it's like, they would be, like, a, a page for, like, IRC internet relay chat. And you would have to go, and there was a big list of all of like the rooms, and they some could some would be very specific <laughs> to be what the room was about, and some were just like, hey, just general chat, and there would be uh, five hundred people in there, and the chat would just go up, <laughs> and you would maybe not know who you're chatting to <laughs> or right. or replying to. Right. Yeah. Yeah, you always ask like ASL. Yeah, ASL kind of was the <laughs> was the go to opener, especially if you're looking to cyber. <laughs> oh yes, the, for sure. Those are the uh, the days of that. <laughs> it was like <laughs> ASL. Yeah, what, what are you doing right now? You, yeah, it was the yeah. early you up <laughs> <laughs> for those teens growing up online. It must yeah. be insanely different today because you grow up with with it your whole life, right? Like so we. We experienced some life pre-internet, mm-hmm. and then the internet hit. So in in the new days, it's like you it was always there, <laughs> and you, you kind of yeah. get it. But we had to sort of figure it out on our own. <laughs> For sure, I, uh, I had a, a friend of mine like was taught. This is I don't know if this is like interesting, but a friend of mine was talking really uh, recently about how uh, someone I, I forget she had someone at work or whatever just like called her like old or whatever because she couldn't get like an internet thing but she's also like we're we're both like within the like millennial <laughs> yeah, uh, category yeah. like generation or whatever uh-huh. uh and i feel like that's such a weird because I, I guess millennials are defined basically one of the primary uh, uh defining features is that we're we basically came of age around the internet but like yeah there's so many of us that uh came of age there's so many many of us like remember a time before the internet and then like had to adapt to it and then there are so many of us who were just born with that as just like a given or like a base whatever yeah uh so i feel like it should be two separate i think that is a yeah i think that's like a common complaint about the breaking up of demographics and who's a millennial who's a like i'm sort of in sometimes i'm lumped into this like middle spot where it's like you weren't a Gen Y and you weren't a millennial. Like there's a between 78 and 82 or something. These, if you're born in that little window, you're nothing. <laughs> but um, if you're born like after 83, you're a millennial. Uh, Cause it'd be like you're 18 during uh, 2001 or something. So I don't know who, who's coming up with these uh, <laughs> demographic things, but it is the same. It's like some of, some of my friends, you know, like they uh, grew up with the, the internet and some of them were, or not not internet people and then only in the in the recent days they have they like everyone has to now right if you're offline now what are you doing yeah, yeah. you're uh, you're uh, lost in the woods is what you're doing you're lost you're an undiscovered peoples you're an uncontacted tribe at that mm. point right but i mean it is also nice to to disconnect do you ever do you ever unplug do you ever really unplug brandon <laughs> Um, no, (laughs) uh, I don't know. I mean, uh, I'm not, (laughs) 
I try not to like. I think I'm trying uh, lately to kind of be a little bit better about spending a lot of time because I find my uh, like spending a lot of time on the internet because I, I find my attention kind of like my attention span shrinking a lot, and I, oh, yeah. I feel like the main thing to blame is like uh, you know. Not to sound like an old person, but blaming my phone <laughs> or my attention, like <laughs> yeah. me, like my phone the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's all uh, instant gratification and all that good stuff. Where you're like, you see a, a, a video and it's like 58 seconds. You're like, that's really long. You're like, that's oh, a pretty long video. I'm talking. I'm looking for like a 20 second video, <laughs> maybe like oh. even a under 10 second video. That, that'll get a view. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Just give me the. Yeah. Everything's like. How do I make this more TLDR? Yes, uh, everything <laughs> everything is TLDR. We can't even say too long didn't read. That's how oh, little attention span we have. For sure. I mean, I think um, with regards to like unplugging, I mean, the closest that I can think of for like me doing that is, uh, I don't know, like sometimes I try not to, I don't know, like I, I sometimes I just like, try to listen to um like i have spotify but sometimes i try to listen to the music that i have on non sort of like internet form formats. Okay. I don't know. yeah yeah <laughs> it's like a weird thing to bring up i guess no that's that is interesting because that is the thing to me um i now i'm on spotify but i was a holdout for a long time because i'm like no like we owned the music before like i owned the record and now i'm like leasing it like i'm like i'm renting the ability to play at any time but also every song like right it's like basically every song like having access to that is that worth it to to not have the to own the media you know is it worth it Mm -hmm. it's like a it's the trade-off that we're doing with these with these uh apps now i don't know if it's better or not well uh, i mean i think I, I think I, I definitely know that like, I spend a lot of money or have spent a lot of money uh, on music and that sort of thing. And I have like limited, um, <laughs> obviously I have limited income, but I have like <laughs> limited space in my apartment too. Right. Uh, so I, I feel like. There's a double win. Yeah. Like with Spotify, it's sort of like I can listen to music that uh, I can listen to sort of like whatever music, uh, uh, you know, like it's, it's there and, you know, obviously not as much goes to the artist as I would like the money, but mm. It's there, and I can kind of like listen to whatever I want to, and then uh, the stuff that I really, really want to hold on to, uh, I, you know, I'll still buy and I'll still sort of keep and support and that sort of thing. But yeah, it's, yeah, but it's like a tough, it's like a tough hobby to continue to collect like records or mm-hmm. something like that. And I have so many CDs from <laughs> yeah. the fifteen-year window that CDs were like hot or or yep. the you know the main technology. I have so many of them, and they're just kind of like cluttering up my storage but i don't want to get rid of them because there's so much yeah. um, attached to them like so much um, memory and stuff like that yeah the nostalgia alone of popping in that cd uh your favorite aqua cd and you hear that those first <laughs> chords of dr jones ring out or whatever it is <laughs> whatever you're listening to how would you get into it what are you listening to what are your what's uh what style of music and what are some uh top bands that you'd recommend Oh, okay. Um, I uh, not super into like I'm, I'm a little bit out of touch right now with mm-hmm. some music just because I uh, I don't know it just kind of happens at thirty is you stop sort of like searching for new stuff. But I mean, I did the last time I was really 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 into music it was probably around like 2015 2016. So that was the that was around the time like the height I think of like the Black Lives Matter movement, mm-hmm. and I think that was affecting black music in a really uh, in a really powerful way. So you got a lot of, I, I just felt like there's so many albums that were like these incredible, um, really you powerful. know, emotional declarations, of, you know, black empowerment and stuff like that. So you had, obviously you had, uh, Solange seated at a table, you know, you had, um, uh, Pippa Butterfly, you had Black Messiah, you had, uh, uh, thank you for your service. We got it from here. You got, uh, uh, Epic, uh, you know, you got um, blonde, even you know, oh, like yeah, Frankie Ocean, yeah. Though that now that you mention it, like that was really a, I guess it, that's true. Like it was the social movement that was the the big push for that social movement, and that had affected the the music of the time. True, yeah. That I mean, to pimp a butterfly is going to go down as like one of the all times, right? Like, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, it was really interesting to see how that uh, how it came about. For sure, yeah. I mean, I, I'm. Uh, admittedly, I mean, growing up, I wasn't necessarily the, a huge fan of uh, like rap or like you know hip hop or you know like I, I think a deep source of shame for me is that you know growing up I was not super into kind of like contemporary black music like obviously I get behind like 
older stuff and that sort of thing. But I, you know, I had trouble kind of like getting into like contemporary R and B and like rap and stuff like that. And so I tried to make up for that in my like twenties. And yeah. um, to Pimp a Butterfly uh, is probably my favorite album of all time. You know, like oh yeah, yeah, for uh, sure. I mean, it's it's undeniably like, and you know, it was an instant classic when it came out. And so it's like only gonna get more acclaimed as time goes on and it holds up, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Are you like a big are you like a big rap person or like hip hop or not? Not really, but uh, I did I did dip into that. Like all of, everything that I heard Kendrick on was amazing. And when he performed at the Grammys, I think it was when he had that huge yeah. performance with all the fire and everything. I was just blew it like blew my mind. I was like, wow, that's amazing. And like Kanye's performance on SNL, uh, I think I was sort of around that same time. It was. Well, that might have yeah. been a bit earlier, but like all of his performances are just like, wow, that is next level. <laughs> Yeah, is that the one where he's like um, one of the performances where he's like sort of crawling underneath yeah. this huge like illuminated tarp sort yeah. of thing? Yeah, I guess that was yeah. I mean, that was in promotion for like uh, maybe not Yeezus, but uh, it was was it uh, Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy Twisted or something like that? Fantasy, yeah, because he did the piano runaway one the first time. And I was like, oh wow, uh-huh. <laughs> it was truly that was uh, that was some peak Kanye <laughs> IMO. Yeah. But uh, yeah, generally that's sort of what I, you know, I, I kind of have been circling back to a lot of that lately. I mean, I got really into Solange's last uh, album, the uh, When I Get Home. Right. I think that, that was that like was, really cli- critically acclaimed. Yeah, it was pretty well regarded. I mean, I think it's it's such a like, uh, it is a really, I love like an artist that uh, evolves from album to album. So I feel like even if, as uh, I thought I see that the table was like, um, just this like perfect like listening experience that sort of uh, was both it had this sort of breezy feel but was very uh, um, impassioned and kind of pained at its core. It was you know really kind of like uh, uh, you know emotional in this sort of like pleading way. Uh, I felt with like uh, when I get home musically, I found I found it a little bit. It was both like harder and slighter. I don't. I, don't, I feel like I'm using kind of weird adjectives to kind of describe it, but it. Um, I don't know. It, it's more groove based. It's, it's it's way more groove based, mm. and it's like shorter, mm. and it's less. Um, uh, it, it, it's sort of like a lot of the lyrics feel kind of mantra like, so it, it's less of a kind of uh, immediately accessible or immediately kind of legible. Um, story that you can kind of like tear into but it's like musically it's just really kind of like different and fun and hypnotic and yeah I don't know. i'm just using i'm just throwing ad- ad- yeah ad- those are all great adjectives it for sure makes me <laughs> want to go listen to some solange yeah <laughs> i keep saying solange as though that's how she pronounced her name it's not right <laughs> uh, no she pronounces her name solange probably like it's not He's not French or whatever. Right. <laughs> yeah, a little, little, uh, little other Beyonce. <laughs> yeah. Little, little Beyonce. Little Beyonce. All right. Very good. Okay. What else do we got here? Online dating. Are you doing it? What are you <laughs> doing online? Are you getting any unsolicited dick pics? Are you sexting and texting? What is going on? Uh, yeah. Do you do online uh, dating? <laughs> <laughs> I would love if uh, in post you uh, uh, for this particular section you uh, you just like added like a like a real like salacious <laughs> theme <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> and just called it like you know steamy this is the Reg <laughs> diary. <laughs> it's the steamy section of the podcast. <laughs> Steam of in skin. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not on the apps anymore, uh, cause I'm currently dating somebody. That's uh, lovely. I've been, yeah. I've been dating somebody for just under a year now. I think in what, today's December 1st. Yep. So in two days, it'll be 11 months. All right. Uh, Approaching that yeah. big one year. One year. Uh, so, and not to jinx it, I think it's going pretty well. Oh, that's great. Um, but yeah, I mean, I was, uh, we, we met online, like we met on Tinder mm-hmm. uh, and that's probably my first relationship I've had off of Tinder, but I, yeah, I was on the other, all the other apps. And all stuff right. Like what's that. the breakdown? What is the best app? What is the worst app? What's the, mm-hmm. what's your opening line? <laughs> sure. 
Uh, okay, so so I'm at my last two exes, well now exes on um, OkCupid, and I don't know. I don't really recommend it all the time. I don't know. I don't hear. I feel like it might be better for straight people, is what I hear. For me, because I'm queer, you can't obviously meet people there. But I, I was off of it for like two full years or something like that. Like I was off of it for a while, and then I got back before I met my current boyfriend. I was off of it for, uh, yeah, about two years, and uh, I remember reactivating my account and going on, and all of the same people who were on it last time were still there. (laughs) So I just felt like I was cycling through the same people who were not interested in me uh, or that I was not uh, interested in. Mm -hmm. So it it felt a little bit pointless, even though I do kind of like, I do kind of prefer, in a sense, the... There's good and bad to this sort of like lay everything out about yourself, like all of your interests and stuff like that. Dating sites, like I feel like there is something kind of good about that. Like I like uh, laying bare all of my like interests and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. anyway, I'm kind of rambling. But no, that's I what that's also, what differentiates those websites, right? So versus where it's a Tinder, where it's like here's five pictures and a paragraph, and mm-hmm. do what you will, yes or no, uh, as opposed to like oh, something like OkCupid or whatever, like Match or even those more intense ones, uh, where it's like you have to spend six hours and fill out this huge thing so that mm-hmm. we can really dig deep and find you someone who you're truly compatible with on mm-hmm. different levels. But does it work? Who knows? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's 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 like uh, I don't know. It's it, it feels kind of dispiriting because it's sort of like I felt that the more dating apps, I kind of like it felt like I was like canvassing the town with myself a little bit, and that <laughs> obviously is what you kind of have to do a little bit. But it, it, yeah. it was just exhausting. And after a point, I was just recycling bios and stuff like that, which I yeah. guess you kind of have to do. Any, I guess that's sort of the point. But so yeah, I was on I was on OkCupid. I was on Tinder. I was on Grinder, which is the kind of like key one. The like, um, do you know anything about Grinder? I always just thought that it was like for a Tinder equivalent, but for like the queer community. Yeah, I mean, it works a bit differently in that it's sort of like with Tinder, it's just sort of like whoever's in your area, you kind of swipe right, swipe left, and then you can either see that person again or never again. With Grinder, it's like a grid, so it's basically just like a radar for you. Oh. Like you log out to Grinder and whoever's around, uh, the grid shows you the their headshots and whatever the, and their bio and stuff and what they're sort of looking for, and you can kind of talk to anybody that you, you know. You can talk to basically anyone. And yeah, whatever. that's cool. So it's more like location based. Well, like a four square yes. thing, like I'm checked in at this place. And then if anyone's around there, you can be like, oh, Jim's at the, that place and go see him. Yeah. Or basically it'd just be like this person is like, <laughs> like 30 feet away. Right. <laughs> two kilometers away. Like literally it's, it's that, like I, I've been on Grinder before and you know, this person is six feet away from you and like <laughs> just literally on the opposite side of the. The opposite wall. That uh, is that wall. is really interesting uh, about that. I don't know. It's something about like people knowing <laughs> exactly where you are. Yeah, it's weird. Uh, I won't. I won't am and hop at it. Uh, it's pretty weird. I mean, the the, the safety function is that you can also uh, obscure where you are, so you can sort of be like this person oh, okay. is. You just appear in the a box that's close to them, but it doesn't say doesn't exactly say where you are. Six so you can, feet. Right behind you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's um. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. So there's but, there's good and bad on on all of them. I it's uh, very interesting about Grinder. I never knew. And yeah. So I think it's the difference between those swipeys and then the typeys, like the big paragraphs <laughs> that you have to put in. And uh, I'm not sure which is better. So if you guys have had experience on. Uh, so, uh, online dating uh, let us know at FOTS pod on Twitter <laughs> get yeah. back to us <laughs> alright you were a, uh, I looked on your IMDB it came up during my customary Google search of <laughs> the guess uh, and so you're in a couple movies here the indie film Diamond Tongues starring mm-hmm. friend of the show Nick Flanagan uh, among mm-hmm. others you're billed as Improv performer number one. That's a huge billing. <laughs> number one. They think there was five improv performers, four or five, and you get that top billing. That's got to be huge. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Big so uh, what was that like uh, being on set, filming the, filming the movie with uh, Pavan Mundi? It was super quick. I mean, it was uh, – I mean, I'm barely in the movie. I think you see maybe 
my arm for a second, <laughs> yeah. maybe my face. Yeah. Uh, but it's super quick. All that it was was, and this is before I ever had an agent. This is before I like had any real tangible credits to my name. Uh, all that it was is like they asked for improv performers to come in, and uh, and then they had us perform an actual like uh, improv set. And I think they wanted the character that Leah. Uh, Leah Fay, I believe her name was, yep. uh, from uh, the band. Uh, uh, oh my gosh, what's the band's name? I'm gonna look it up right now. Anyway, uh, so Leah Fay uh, came in, and her character, she's sort of like, uh, I think she's sort of like trying to get into acting and that sort of thing. So she takes an improv class, and they just wanted us. They didn't tell us anything about her or what to do. Just they were just like, just have a regular improv class. Uh, so there's an element of. Uh, I don't want to say like prank show or whatever, but it felt a little bit at the time because I didn't really know anything about about it. Uh, and she just kind of came in and her character, I think, was like not getting it. Like I think that was the yeah. point was that her character was not getting it and was sort of being a bit disruptive and stuff like that mm-hmm. in the improv show. So it was basically that. It was like literally just like an hour or two. They just wanted to get something for a montage. Uh, right. Yeah. So yeah. That was, yeah. It was like a montage part. Yeah. So the movie uh, is about like this actress who is – was not sure what she's doing wrong because she's not making it. And then she starts to do things extra wrong, like do the opposite of what you should do in every situation kind of thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. It was pretty fun. So you can go check out that movie, diamond tongues and look for Brandon's arm in that scene. Please. All right. And now we get to writing movies. Same thing on the IMDb. I see it. The wedding clause. You wrote that? You wrote it? No, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm in it. Oh, you're uh, in it. It has you credited as a writer. Might need to uh, really look at that. Oh, well, maybe uh, because I, I don't know. I, there might have been some like improv or something. Yes, right? you maybe. got a credit. <laughs> you're on there. <laughs> maybe. I mean, I, I I just play like a character's boss, and I think I like have an opening <laughs> couple lines in a scene. Oh my goodness, that's great. That. You're in the guild. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I'm for sure. I mean, I'm in the writers' guild, the Canadian writers' guild for Hell the yeah. TV writing that I do. Um, but uh. Yeah, ooh, write a movie. Ooh, yeah, you could do it. <laughs> Easiest credit. Oh well, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe you're. Uh, it might be a mix up of because I also I wrote on something. Oh, the wedding clause. I see. Yeah, uh, the wedding. So the wedding clause is not a movie, uh, but I am in a I am in a Christmas themed movie, like a Hallmark movie. Oh, the wedding cool. clause is actually a, a video game. Oh, that's what the yeah. Okay, I see. It has the little. <laughs> I see now in the in the gray spot. It has like a little video game controller. <laughs> Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So that is like a choose your own adventure video game that I helped write uh, some of. Uh, a friend of mine wrote the main story, and I, um, I like edited some of the story for like the branches and stuff like that. Um, Ryan Laplante is uh, uh, the other credit cool. writer on it. And That's neat. Him. He's so funny and so smart and such a good writer, uh, and uh, uh, one of the hardest working writers I think I've ever known. And uh, yeah, so he kind of brought me on and and. Uh, we kind of like wrote this. We, uh, I have a credit in a couple other like video games. They're technically video games, but they're not like like you know you don't sit at a console or whatever and play. They're just like choose an adventure things you can do on your phone. Yeah, just like phone app games. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty neat. Like choose your own adventure, and you got to choose some of the adventures. <laughs> I did, yeah. I got to write uh, some truly weird uh, splintering off uh, <laughs> sections of the story. So make some weird choices, and you get to see what Brandon thought of. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a cool time. Yeah, that's very cool. Yeah, Great writing credits. All right, one more bullet note before we get to the questions. It is Sunday Night Live. You oh. were in the Skechersen Sunday Live company, which is a like recurring, I don't know how long it's been going. Do you know? Uh, I think uh, in like a week, I think as of the early January, it's going to be 15 years. 15 years. So you'll uh, understand how yeah. what a institution this is, uh, Sunday Night Live. So it's sort of like Saturday Night Live, but it's on Sunday, and it is a new host every week who's like a performer or a writer or some sort of person from uh, the scene around town, around the country. Uh, and then they have the uh, the company of the Skechersons who put the whole show together. Uh, and it's really cool. So that was that must have been a great learning experience. And uh, what was that like? Uh, it was great. Yeah, it was really fun. I mean, I I, uh, I was in the troupe for three years, from 2012 to 2016, and uh, I was trying very hard to get in the troupe for a while because I knew it was going to be a great like learning experience. I've mm-hmm. been doing sketch comedy uh, for a few years, and uh, 
they have like a sort of built-in audience and obviously their own venue and you, you know you can uh, you're by just doing sketch like writing a new show every single week you're obviously yeah. getting better at writing and and uh, and performing and stuff like that, that everything yeah especially in and doing it every week that whole uh, the crunch of it uh, yeah it's really like Saturday Night Live where you, you do that stay up all night on Tuesday <laughs> pitch your sketches <laughs> right. rewrites the whole thing uh, and then obviously right. the performing of it uh, on the Sunday so yeah I think that would be a really great experience if you're sort of a writer performer to to get that right? like every week you have to you have to be on right you have to be pitching you got to be a character you got to be writing a fun sketch for the host yeah yeah so it was really it was great i mean and they you know uh gary who owns comedy bar and was one of the original founders of the troupe you know has like obviously pull and stuff like that so we you know we sometimes you get a chance to work with hosts from out of town who are like bigger names like you know we have to work with like scott adson and john lutz, john lutz and um you know i've worked with a couple of kids in the hall from there and mm-hmm. uh, yeah just a lot of like heroes of mine and yeah. uh you know bigger performers and and yeah it, it was really great i mean i i i love it I've loved it so much and I, I was a, a little bit sorry to go, but it was also for a, a job. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you gotta, yeah, gotta take the next step, but what a great three years, uh, Sunday night live. Mm. All right. Now we get into everyone's favorite part of the show. It is questions from Twitter. All right. So thank you to everyone who has sent in a question to at F O T S pod. On Twitter, be sure to be following at out of OTS Pod and send your question for the next guest. But let's start off with Todd's signature question. Now, I'm of course talking about Todd Poppy Carlos at the Todd Williams on Twitter. And everybody, if you're a listener of the podcast, you know what this question is. And the question that I'm going to ask you, Brandon, is if you were a member of Kiss, what would your makeup slash character deal be? Okay. Uh, <laughs> I remember Kiss. Okay, so I' not a party guy, really. <laughs> really quite. Uh, I think my like general life persona is tired, uh, <laughs> man. Uh, so uh, I think my persona would be really. <laughs> I, I think my persona would be like I'd always be like in a chair with like a, <laughs> you know, piano or something like that, uh, you know, just kind of quietly playing along. And I think my makeup would be something like just like a just a regular regular person's face, but with a couple Z's on the cheek to signify <laughs> yeah. sleep, I guess. I don't yeah, know. you're tired. You're the tired one. Yeah. You're you're over it. <laughs> yeah. You're like, Gene, do we need an encore today? You're like yeah. I gotta be back. Only, I gotta get back to the hotel. Yeah, wrap up the concert at uh, eight o'clock so I can be home to boil some tea and watch a movie or something. People in the audience are like lifting up the lighter, wrong car and you go you blow it out. <laughs> like Too many open flames. There'll be no encore. You're like, no, no, there will be. You're like, uh okay so that was a great answer thank you very much and now some questions sent in by todd thank you todd for sending in these questions so todd says important stuff here question one is cereal soup why or why not uh cereal is not soup because how i define soup is uh as a hot (laughs) savory broth (laughs) <laughs> like uh concoction and uh cereal is uh candy with milk on it candy with milk on it boom <laughs> sorry cereal eaters you're just a bunch of glorified candy hogs <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i'm yeah, guessing I, I guess oh you are a cereal guy i was just gonna say are you like a a not cereal guy Oh my god! I eat cereal all the time. Sometimes I eat so much cereal before bed, I wake up with a headache the next day. Oh, the night <laughs> cereal! We got a Seinfeld up in here. The oh, old yeah. any time of day cereal works. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and what is your what are your go tos or what are your top three cereals to toss in that bowl? Oh, my top three C's. Um, <laughs> okay, uh, I'm actually really boring uh, as as previously established. So I love. Uh, just like the healthy wheat and corn uh, brand-based sort of stuff. So 
Raisin Bran is probably the one I eat all the time, most of the time, rather. Uh, and then I love, um, I really like Shreddies and um, sometimes like a Honey Nut Cheerios for uh, like a treat. Honey Nut Cheerios. Those those are some classic ones. Uh, I think that covers covers a lot of the bases. And wouldn't you know it, no candy-based cereal. <laughs> <laughs> those are all very, I mean, I don't know how healthy Shreddies is, but. Whole, I guess it's pretty healthy. Those are all very healthy. That's great. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it's not, it's not like, you know, like Lucky Charms. Or that, like, and you don't like pour a ton of sugar all over it, right? <laughs> That's That was my yeah. thing. Like, I was like, oh, I'll, I love shreddies. Pass me that sugar. <laughs> mm, I love shreddies. <laughs> yeah. It was really just spoonfuls of sugar and milk with a little bit of shreddy. Yeah. Um, well, those are great picks. Um so thank you for answering that. Uh, what about gazpacho? That's uh, cold soup. Uh, no. I think it's that's the, like a broth. Like I guess it's like true. The the key the key parts are broth and no milk and no candy. Yeah, great. All right. Uh, second question from Todd. Ooh, bit of a faux pas here. What is the funniest joke you tell on stage? Come on, <laughs> give it up. <laughs> Well, uh, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like a stand-up, so I don't have like uh, my like. You don't have trademark. a go-to one-liner <laughs> that you have <laughs> ready joke. for this for that question that inevitably comes up if you are a comedian. You know, they hate it. <laughs> they hate that question. I don't know. I mean, I I, uh, I guess I'm gonna the best version of answering that question for me then would be what are what's like a sketch that I've done a lot uh, when I was in Sunday Night Live. I used to do. Uh, low blood sugar dad as a character. Uh, it's basically just a sketch about a dad who would, um, who had low blood sugar and was an asshole to everybody. And then something bad would happen in the situation that he was in. And somehow he would save the day by being an asshole. Uh, and then he would get uh, a granola bar or something at the end. Uh, his blood sugar would stabilize and he would immediately feel so badly for how he's treated everybody <laughs> yeah uh-huh. it was so like a different happened. person like multiple personality disorder low blood sugar regular blood sugar yes yeah so that would be uh, i don't know if that's like the funniest it's <laughs> a great bit and you can reuse it <laughs> <laughs> right it's a character that keeps on giving yeah yeah <laughs> all righty we got a couple more questions here from todd oh yeah lay them on number three what are the unwritten rules of comedy the unwritten rules of comedy uh okay develop a good taste uh mm. is a rule uh and it's a weird rule because it's not like a structural one or a you know or or you know something that's like don't punch down right. or something like that but it's I more think ephemeral having, <laughs> Or sorry, it's more ephemeral. It's more of a... it's more yeah, it's more ephemeral, but it's something that really helps. And I think it's sort of uh, developing good taste is um, really good with comedy because it obviously, I think it's a great way to be able to intuit what is um, what you should be doing with regards to comedy. Uh, so I think you can intuit a lot of the rules of like don't punch down uh, and uh, um, and structural rules and that sort of thing. From that, but it also, you know, I think when you have good taste and you try to maintain good taste, like you sort of keep it going over the years, you kind of help yourself. I think my fear is like, is you know, I become so like I age out of comedy, or you know, I become so like beholden to the past of what comedy is in the way that like I see a lot of uh, older comedians complaining about like how you can't make fun of every anything anymore. Mm-hmm. I, I think the more you kind of like adapt to you adapt to uh, um, social mores or whatever, and uh, you keep developing your taste. I think you'll learn sort of different ways of being funny and uh, kind of stay current and relevant. I yeah, guess, about, that's a great point. Sense. Yeah, that's a great point. And it's all sort of from the having good taste. So when you develop that taste, it, it's not like set in stone. You have to keep developing as things change and the, the world changes and society changes uh, because, yeah, things aren't, the they don't say the same right so what what mm-hmm. a lot of people think are is funny now like the teens and stuff tweens growing up is completely different from even like half a generation ago uh the stuff that we thought was funny so that's a good point you got to uh you got to stay fresh you got to keep it current yeah 
All right, great answer. And the final question from Todd at the Todd Williams. Definitely go follow him on Twitter. Is what type of pineapple do you prefer on your pizza? There are different types of pineapple. <laughs> or is that? The, I think he's being. That? I think he's being silly. <laughs> he's. I think he's asking if you prefer pineapple on your pizza, or are you a harsh anti-pineapple <laughs> pizza strategist? I think in my. Uh, hmm. I think in my. Uh, 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 approaching old age, uh, I uh, relaxed my rules regarding what can and cannot go in a pizza, and I think I am starting to like the sweetness of a pineapple on pizza from time to time, mm-hmm. or at least it's not it's not so um, objectionable to me anymore. That's great. It used to be. Um, and to fully answer that question, I will say. resilient even though i'm quite lethargic um the last time i got really sick was valentine's day this year uh and only on valentine's day this year only on valentine's day that's pretty good yeah so i had started i was like maybe a month and a bit into dating my current boyfriend and uh so this is the first valentine's day i'd ever had that i was dating someone and uh i got sick literally just on valentine's day uh and then it got better the next day Okay, well that sort of worked though. You didn't have to you didn't have to do any <laughs> didn't have to do anything, right? Did uh yeah. did you get brought soup uh, and, and and other healing things or you just like <laughs> where uh... No, I uh I was like uh no, I, I, I don't think we were even at that point. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, I, I don't know. I guess it's sort of weird because we I was trying to make like big plans for it, but um no, I was just at home. We I called him and we watched like a movie over the phone. Like we sort of did like a like a phone movie date. Yeah, I remember doing that in high school. That was I uh, had a couple of those. Mm-hmm. That was a thing. Mm. It's very cute. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah, I don't uh, people don't talk on the phone anymore, <laughs> so it's <was> just <laughs> weird to hear like uh, an extended phone conversation. But um, yeah, those those are fun times watching a movie on the phone when you can't be. Uh, together with the person that's that's nice it's a good good workaround mm-hmm. yeah well that's good glad that you're better and glad that you're keeping a, such a good bill of health um <laughs> and get well soon to morgan i think she's under the weather been under the weather so hopefully by the time of this uh podcast release she's a-okay in the clear yeah, get well soon yeah all right second question from morgan mm-hmm do people make annoying, dumb jokes with your last name? And if so, what's the most common and what's the worst? Uh, okay. So your the, last name is Hackett. If you yes. haven't seen the episode listing, Hackett. The most common joke people make uh, about my last name is, uh, hey, can you hack it? Like, Can you um, handle it sort of deal? <laughs> Such a uh, good one, everybody. Classic. <laughs> Uh, so that's basically the only real thing. I mean, sometimes people make like uh, rhyme, like rhymey jokes, like uh, it's a Hackett jacket or Hackett packet. Or <laughs> okay, like that's that. good. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now we're in the good. Yeah, uh, now we've now <laughs> we're talking. Stuff. That's that's what I'm talking about. That's what I would do. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, uh, that's usually it. Thankfully, no one's ever called me like a hack. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's like my biggest uh, fear is that someone just outright calls me. Like you, my my last name will trigger for someone an opinion that they have of me, which is that I'm a hack. Yeah, uh, and then they're just like says it in your name. Yeah, because <laughs> I think that would literally destroy me, It'd eviscerate you as the mic <laughs> falls towards the floor. Yeah. All right. Well, that's great. Uh, I'm glad. Uh, it's fun to have names that are are uh, can be a pun sometimes, <laughs> but then you get that same one every single time and. You know, for people, it's new. For them, it's new. <laughs> yeah. But for you. What about, what about for you? Have you ever, like, um, to not really? To no, yeah, for sure. It. But I was thinking, like, my name is technically a, a pun. Like, it's a word, Skinner. It's a profession, <laughs> I think. Um, but yeah, I don't normally get too many good, uh, good name puns. 
um, for myself. Mm-hmm. We had Gavin Pounds on uh, the previous episode, and I was asking him about it too because that's a that's a pretty uh, pun based name, right? Yeah, yeah, it's a weighty name. But uh, yeah, people, everyone has the a name. You can probably make fun of everybody's name in a different way. Yeah. And now the final question from Morgan is: Fuck, Mary, kill, Kardashians. You get to choose from all of them. Okay. I, <laughs> I don't really know who's who, so... That's good. Uh, <laughs> Let me just say, <laughs> that is a positive here. It's not, <laughs> not a negative that you don't know who, if you haven't been keeping up, you know. Keeping up with the Kardashians. Yeah, I, uh, I think the picture that I'm painting of myself in this podcast is that I'm, like, <laughs> insulated in this, like... <laughs> Always dome, under a blanket, yep. Like, all I want is tea and, you know. <laughs> All right, Kim uh, seems like she like she went to law school or something. Like she, she's becoming a lawyer and she will occasionally exercise her power as a celebrity to pressure people in power to kind of do things for good, I guess. So Mary, mm. um, fuck, uh, have, 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 uh, pleasant, like consensual <laughs> sexual relationship. Yeah, with, uh, of course. <laughs> who are the other ones? What is Chloe? What's Chloe's deal? What is Chloe's deal? She was the Lamar Odom one. <laughs> okay. All right. So, uh, all right. I guess consensual sexual relationship with her. Um, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm really, you can tell I was like a fun, fun kid. And uh, who's the other one? Courtney? Yeah, Courtney is one. Um, is there one? What's the, Kendall. Kendall. Kendall Kardashian. Ken, Kendall's the rich, is it? the make makeup one. Made a lot of money from it, I think. <laughs> okay, kill. Kill Kendall. Boom. I think those are the right <laughs> answers. Thank you very much, Morgan, for those great questions. Everyone, please follow at house underscore feminist on Twitter. For just the best stuff. Oh, and if you have a moment, go listen to her episode. It was only a few ago, and it's really great. So you got to do that. All right. Next question comes to us from just the sweetest little piece of Taffy. It is Taffy Bennington at Sing With Taffy on Twitter. And you got to go check out her YouTube videos on YouTube. And you got to listen to her podcast. It was the season two premiere. All right, and the question from Taffy is, Hello, Brandon. If you could only choose five, only five, kinds of pie to be your very favorite, please tell us those five. Five types of pie to be my very favorite? Okay, apple. Boom. um, Blueberry. Good choice. Strawberry rhubarb. Of course. uh, Pear. What? <laughs> uh, we've gone off the rails here. Is that even a thing? Pear pie, yeah. I have uh, never. It's delicious. I don't think I've ever had that. It's so good. I think a, a friend of mine made like a pear and I think cheese pie or something. Like cheese is the oh, yeah. savory tempering mm-hmm. ingredient. Uh, and it was so good. Um, I'm a huge fan of pear and things. Dang. And uh, number five would be, well, you know, when I haven't chosen like a savory pie. Uh, mm-hmm. let's see, savory pie. I don't know, chicken pot pie. <laughs> chicken pot pie, going off the off the beaten path for that one. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that's a great answer. That covers all the bases, I think. Yeah. Other than mm-hmm. yeah, like a cream based pie. Or, or right. shepherd's shepherd's pie. Shepherd's pie is a good one. <laughs> Go to any pub. No, ask yeah. for that. All right, and the follow up question for Taffy: mm-hmm. What does a human need to do to get you to share some of your delicious pie? <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, um, oh, that's a good question because I don't like sharing food. Uh, <laughs> so there must be something good. Got to be something <laughs> real good. Uh, bring an extra pie, I guess. Oh, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, bring your own pie. <laughs> yeah, so I feel like I have like more. So you can pie trade. After. So you'll yeah. give one, but only when you receive uh, an equal or lesser value pie in return. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so thank you very much, Taffy, for those great questions. And now we get to the final question, and it is from 
Oh my friend of the show. What Joe talking about? I'm talking about at Joe Diggity on Twitter. Such a great episode. Uh, it's as of the time of this recording going to be released tomorrow. And the question from Joe, the final question of the episode for Brandon is, what's the weirdest thing you've seen in someone else's house? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, one of my like closest friends, the first time I went to his house, uh, he has like this family heirloom, this like old thing that they have. And, uh, it was like a little, it was like a, oh my God, it was like a piggy bank that was like a, like a, like a, an old timey, like Sambo, like black person. <laughs> oh, okay. But it had a, it had the name, uh, I mean, I can't say this word. I mean, I won't say this word, but it had, it had painted onto it, like, because it was part of it, N-word bank. Oh, my. <laughs> uh, and it's, like, obviously, like, he's one of my best friends. Great person or whatever. But I think it's, like, a family heirloom that's just been passed down for uh, generations. And uh, first time I went to his house, I saw it, and I was like, what? What is this? What is this place? <laughs> yeah. Your eye is <laughs> immediately drawn. <laughs> N-word bank. Uh, and uh, it was just there so uh yeah that's the weirdest that's the weirdest thing i think I've ever yeah i am trying to think if i've ever seen anything weirder than that uh <laughs> search my memory bank and i don't seem to recall but uh yeah uh, yeah heirlooms i guess from a different time maybe just don't have it out <laughs> i don't know <laughs> yeah i mean that's that's a good uh like that's a good thing to just sort of like put in a like closet or something like that doesn't need to be displayed yeah that's something that when you when you're clearing out the house you're like oh this thing oh that's why we had it hidden (laughs) yeah yeah well brandon i think we've done it we did it again we finished for real this time got through the hump of some technical difficulties thank you very much to help for your help getting through that and we've reached the end of the pod so thank you very much for taking your time coming on the pod sharing your tales telling mm-hmm. us about pear pie <laughs> <laughs> thank you for having me yeah. had, uh, so much uh, so much fun yeah it was a lot of fun um so thank you very much again and now i will play the theme as we say our goodbyes so i'll see you online on twitter at brandon hackett everyone go follow brandon and uh yeah that's where i'll see you <laughs> and maybe i'll see you on the streets of toronto before you go back oh yeah All right. Thanks, Brandon. Bye. Bye. Now that's how you end a podcast. (laughs) Well, that's it. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode with Brandon. You'd be right to follow at Brandon Hackett on Twitter for the very fun jokes. Now for all the classic Friends of the Show episodes, visit www.stevenwskitter.com or find it on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, or Podopoly. Leave a rating and review. And do for OLOFOTS pod on Twitter to find out the latest posts about episodes, fun retweets, and when to send questions for the show. Uh, and if you don't mind, if you can go on and follow at Skinna Steven on Twitter. New tweets every day. Visit my page and retweet my retweets. Well, thank you to Ruby Coast for the music, and thank you to Kyle I. Davidson for the theme. And thank you so very much for listening all the way to the end. I am Stephen W. Skinner saying the thing I always say... Have a great one.